What's up, everybody? What's going on? We back. We back again for another release, another episode. And one more thing, we coming up on my one-year anniversary of me starting this podcast. It's been a long road. It's been a blessing and a curse both ways. Had a lot of pauses because of health reasons. Had a lot of pauses because of work. Had a lot of pauses because I was focusing on coaching. But we here. One month to go to my one-year anniversary. I appreciate all the support from my loyal, uh, I'll say 10 people right now, but I know it's more than that. Um, appreciate you. Love you guys. I think if my audience would have been two or three, I probably would have stopped. But, you know, me having 10 after a full year, constant listening, you know, it, it lets me know that my voice is okay to be heard. So I appreciate you guys. So here we go again. Now, today's topic today, um, it's an interesting one. And I'm, I know I'm going to get a lot of hate for it, but it has to be said. I want to talk about women's sports. Why I support women's sports, why I got involved in coaching girls basketball, so on and so forth. So, the reason I got involved with coaching girls basketball is extremely easy answer. I grew up on it. The love of basketball that I got wasn't because of who I saw on TV on the NBA, uh, you know, I loved Georgetown basketball growing up before the Allen Iverson days. You know what I mean? The Reggie Williams, the Dikembe's, the Jerome Williams, which was around with Iverson, the Victor Pages, who's a D.C. native, uh, the Irvin Churches, who's a D.C. native, only because, you know, we, we shared the same name. And it was funny that I played against them in the summer league uh, a couple years ago. I'd never told them the story, but, you know. It was, it was cool seeing somebody that had my name, my first name, playing at a school that I admire so much. But for me growing up, my mom was a basketball player. So whenever we was out playing, we was playing against the ladies. If she got tired of the craziness with the ladies, we was playing pickups with some grown men. So I was playing ball growing up with people 20, 30 years older than me at a very young age. But I was always surrounded by women's basketball. So so I always grew a love and I had a different view of basketball because I watched the women's game before I watched the men's game. So for me, I used to be around UDC basketball, University of Maryland women's basketball more. Um... So, of course, like at a young age, I met the John Lucases, the Walt Williams. They don't remember that. You know, this was like 90s, you know. Um, But, you know, I I see my mom play. So obviously my mother was one of my people I looked up to. Uh, I was around Maryland basketball when they had the Daphne Lees, the the Jazzes, the Christy Winters before she became Christy Winter Scott. Um you know, being around the, the ladies like Tara Heiss, who's up there with with uh, University of Maryland, her numbers retired in, in the arena right now. So I've seen a lot of that. You know what I mean? So 
that was my first view. So when I first began to play basketball, I modeled my game after what I saw from them. So, you know, the guy's game was more flashy, dunking, embarrassing, that form of game. For me growing up, it was, what can I do to, to use two dribbles to get a bucket? What can I do to get one one dribble to get a bucket? How can I cut to the basket to get open to have my team? So that's what I was surrounded by. And it's funny to me because instead of saying the ba- there's two different types of basketball, they tried to say that women's basketball was more fundamental because it was it was the natural form of how you're supposed to play basketball. The screens, the back doors, um, the taking the open shots, the less flashy but get it done, the defense, that's what I grew up on. So for me to be an advocate of women's basketball, it's, it's me trying to teach these young ladies now those basic things, what to look for on the court, why, why to be patient on the court, what to see every every second what I'm trying to teach that now it's very hard because a lot of the young ladies didn't have a situation like I did where you know coming fresh out of the out of the womb I had a basketball in my hand a lot of these young ladies their first love was soccer lacrosse uh, volleyball um softball things like that so it's hard to try to teach young ladies to be basketball knowledgeable when it's not their first love. Now, I do have a, a lot of young ladies who are basketball first love type of players, but again, it's kind of hard trying to teach them this because, you know, they're seeing the guys. The guys are doing this, the guys are doing that. Because women's basketball outside of the WNBA, is mostly overseas. So unless you're up two, three in the morning watching their games, and in some cases 11 in the evening when they're playing at two, three o'clock in the evening their time, you're not seeing their games. So you know what I mean? So for only three months out of the year, we have an opportunity to see, well, I think it's four, four months now, we have an opportunity to see women's basketball up close and personal. But because a lot of cities do not have a WNBA team near them, it's only 12. You know, it's a lot of it's a lot of markets that's not getting that exposure to women's basketball because women's college basketball is not as hyped, except for in a lot of the areas that do not have a professional team. You know, your Wisconsin, your Nebraska's um, and places like that, uh, your Oregon's and in. You know, Stanford has a good calling, but your your Kentuckys and all those places, Tennessee, South Carolina, you know, places that don't have a pro team, even though South Carolina is closer to Atlanta. But you know what you know what I'm trying to say. So. What I'm doing is I'm trying to give an environment, an eyeball, a positive push on a specific game that I grew up to love and teaching them the way that I grew up learning the game. You know, let's put it like this. The first time I met the girls, the first thing they said was, oh, you're not dunking on me. Well, listen, first of all, 
I haven't dunked the basketball in almost 10, 15 years, okay? Not because I can't anymore, because, I, okay, I, I, I'm barely up there. I made I made a bet with the JV girls team that I had that if they did something good and we and we won the game, that I would dunk in practice. And I've done it a couple times, but it hurt. It hurt. <laughs> you know, it, it reminded me why I loved the dunk, but I also hated the dunk. Like, I remember after the third game that we played, I think we won the third game. We came to practice and have good practice. And coach said, and one of the players came up to me and said, Hey coach, did you think we had a good practice? I said, yeah, it was pretty solid. He said, she said, uh, okay, bet. So you got to dunk it. I was like, wait, what? So of course, a bet is a bet. It happened. I dunked it. Woke up the next day. I had these big blisters on my thing on, on the bottom of the fingers that I had. So listen, when I tell people dunking, is great dunking is fun but the way that I used to, I tried to dunk it so that if somebody jumped with me they would not jump with me anymore so that, you know when I went up and did it one hand it felt good but when I went to sleep and woke up the next day and I seen that big old white bump started growing underneath my fingers right on the palm of my hand I was like uh this bet might have to break for a little bit but yes yeah, so Every single day in practice since I started, you know, I get a couple girls coming to me asking me certain things that they should do, that they need to do, things like that. And I always try to tell them the one thing that makes a lot of players successful, men and women, boys and girls, is that you have to be patient. So many kids are not patient when they're on the basketball court. Case in point. I have a couple girls on my team. They like to do before they see. And I used and I used to tell them all the time at the beginning of the year when they used to make these little simple mistakes, I used to say, grab the ball, get control, be strong, look around, and then make a decision. Do not make a decision because you saw it and then you did it. I give you an example. Some of the best passers in the NBA see things happening before it happens. This is how I was pretty good at passing the basketball when I had the ball. I always anticipated my teammate doing something, so by the time he received the ball, he was open. And I I tend to forget to realize that my basketball knowledge is over 30 years. And some of these young ladies' basketball knowledge is only 30 months. You know? So, even when I got to high school, I already had 10 years of basketball knowledge in my brain. As, As far as playing organized basketball. But as far as basketball in general, you know, once I got to school... I probably knew more about basketball than anybody else in the the room. So, every time I get a chance to play with the girls in practice, I try to do things to show them that some of the things that I'm doing should be an option for you guys when you get on the court. You know, obviously, they don't listen to everything, but, you know, they're, they're young. So, I remember the last practice that we had, I told him specifically that if you leave me open, I will shoot, but 
I want you guys to play me like you would play everyone else. And it, and it's funny to me because when we're in practice, they play defense against me like, you know, like I'm a guy. Like, you know, if I don't do this, he's going to get it. So I always come to him in the games and I say, well, why don't you play in the games like you're playing against me? And they just sit and laugh and I'm just being dead serious. Like, we have a center on our team. I think she only averages like three, four rebounds a game. There should be absolutely no reason why she's only averaging three to four rebounds a game. Zero. But the one thing that I noticed from what we'll have to show her over the summer is how to use her hands. I noticed that a lot of the times when she's going up for rebounds, her hands are turned some weird direction. When we try to give her the ball in the post, her hands... She usually tries to go one-handed, but, you know, she doesn't really have big hands, so she can't really get control of it, so she pats it, and it ends up being a steal. So it's a lot of things that a lot of these young ladies really, truly have to work on, but the good thing is a lot of the ones that's missing those skills are young. Like, we by far had the youngest team in the entire Montgomery County this year. Then we only had three seniors. There was another school that had two seniors, and but they had a bunch of juniors. So we only had three seniors, three juniors, and, and quite possibly anything happened next year. We might end up having uh, two seniors again next year. And what was it, six freshmen and seven sophomores? Like, that's ridiculous. Like, what varsity team do you know has that many freshmen and sophomores? And we did not have a bad season. We were just inconsistent because a lot of our players didn't have that knowledge. But it happens, you know what I mean? So I digress. I tried not to get frustrated because I had to realize the age group that that we were coaching. But it's frustrating, you know what I mean? So one, one analogy I tried to do was teach them different things that will that they're more familiar with because I am a little bit more sports knowledgeable than a lot of the other coaches. So, you know, I know like rules of soccer, rules of field hockey, uh, rules of badminton, baseball, things like that. So I try, I would try to throw analogies at the, at the, at the ladies and see how they would take it. For instance, I had a young lady, ninth grade. When I've selected her on the team, she, she, she looked at me and was like, I don't understand why you picked me. I said, Trust me, you all understand. She plays lacrosse and field hockey. Lacrosse in particular. So halfway through the season, I asked her, I said, so what is your favorite position on on, uh, lacrosse? So she told me, and I was like, oh, so you, you, you like working the left side or the right side? So she was looking at me like, oh, my God, he knows about lacrosse? Like, so I already got her hooked like that. So I said, I tell you what, I'm going to try to show you some things that you can also use in lacrosse that is more influential to use when you're playing basketball. So her her one thing is when she played lacrosse, defensive-wise, she always crossed her feet, turned sideways, crossing her feet, crossing her feet. So I, I showed her how to properly slide her feet so that when people change directions, One, she won't fall. Two, she won't get embarrassed. And three, she can still be in front. I mean, it's stuck. 
to the point where she, I know she missed one game because she had a lacrosse tournament, which I'm not upset about because lacrosse was her first love. She came back and said, coach, 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 I got to tell you something. So I'm like, oh, what's going on? She said, listen, I just want to thank you. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, we did absolutely nothing. What are you thanking me for? She said, you remember when you were working with me, trying to get me to slide my feet, this, and this, and this? Well, I tried it playing lacrosse, and nobody scored on me in the tournament. I was like, are you serious? She was like, yeah, nobody scored on me. Nobody could get past me, nothing. She said, you was right. You know, I could use some of the things that I'm learning here to make, you know, my favorite sport better. I said, there you go. I said, now, my job isn't to make you decide on your favorite sport and what sport you're going to do because – Let's be honest, like at the t- at the particular time, she was the smallest player on the team. She ended up growing like an inch or so. So she ended up tied with, you know, but I was like, by the end of this basketball season, if I don't give you any confidence, then I didn't do my job. And this is what I mean. The first game we played, she never dribbled. She never shot. Every time she caught the ball, she was afraid. By the time we got to the end of the season, I couldn't get her to stop dribbling. I couldn't stop her from shooting every time she got the ball. This is what I was working for. This young lady's 14. But but that's what I was working for. So at the end of the season, she looked at me and said, I just want to thank you. You gave me a chance, and I gave you a chance to coach me to be better. She legit came to me at the beginning of the year was like, I don't know if anybody else is going to like me. So I looked at her and was like, I'm sorry, what? Nobody else is going to like you? What do you mean by that? She was like, well, I'm kind of shy. I'm kind of quiet. So I looked at her and I said, well, are you shy and quiet when you play lacrosse? She was like, well, when I'm on the field, I'm a different person. I said, well, let them see that when you get on the basketball court and when you're in practice. Let them see that you're working hard and, and it'll be a different story. I mean, by the time the end of the year came, she's a completely different animal. She said she started talking to more people at school. Her confidence was higher, things like that. Her mom still emails me saying, I, I, I never thought that she would be this type of person, but she's more open. She has more friends, and it only happened within the two months that she, she was with you on the JV team. Like, those those are the things that I see that, that make me smile. Like, you can't put a price on that. So I see that with the women's game in all sports, people just have to give women's sports a chance. People are not giving women's sports a chance at all. And it's so frustrating because you're not giving women's sports a chance. Women's sports is basically poetic to me. When I watch women's sports, I see certain things that nobody else sees. You know what? You know what a legit basic fancies when they watch women's sports nobody's dunking when people say that that pisses me off i can't watch women's sports because nobody dunks you understand how idiotic that sounds you know when people say that automatically i take you off the list of anybody that i need to consult about about any sport period no argument nothing Any take that you say from here on out means absolutely nothing to me. Zero. 
Zero. So, listen. The reason I'm saying this is to get to this one point. Women, you have to take advantage of the opportunities that you have to grow with people don't like. Listen to what I'm saying. Ladies, you have to take the opportunities that you have to grow what people don't like. If you do not understand what that means, I don't know if I can help you. Let's just say this. And I'll use the the women's U.S. team as an example. And actually, I need to get some gas, but I'll wait. Um, I'll use the, the women's team as an example. The women's national team. The United States offered the women's national team the exact same contract that the men have currently. Okay? When it comes to the... The, the, the organization that runs the United States uh, Amateurs, they gave the women an equal opportunity to make the exact same mo- amount of money that the men did. And what day did they do? They turned it down. You want to know why they turned it down? And honestly, it was a good reason, but I thought the counter offer was worse. So what they did was they came up with an offer. Instead of getting paid per game, they wanted to get paid more per win. Now, here's why this is a bad contract negotiation. The women were winners. They won all the time. So they felt like since they were World Cup champs, uh, undefeated all these all these years, they probably would never lose. They thought it was a good offer. Now, for the men, they knew they were borderline. They just wanted to get anything out of the deal, and that's what it was. So for the men, they got paid not only per game and per win, even though it wasn't as much as the women were getting per win, but they were also getting paid for losses. Okay? So, in the grand scheme of things, when you're looking at it backwards, the men ended up getting paid more than the women. Especially recently, because the women were not winning as many games. So now the women are complaining that the pay scale is not the same, so they want to go ahead and sue to, to get it changed. So guess what? Obviously, they're going to win because U.S. wanted to pay them that in the first place. So for me, what I thought the U.S. should have done and they and they ended up not doing was the fact that they end up paying the differential that they should have made and change the contract back to the original contract. I wouldn't have paid them the amount of money that they lost on. They just had to suck that one up. 
But this is what I'm saying. In the long run, women don't see the bigger picture than anything. Anything. Another example. Let's go with the WNBA. 25 years of the WNBA. These women are being paid, and I'm just going with the top 20. They're getting paid six figures to play four months with no one in the stands, hardly any sponsors, anything. Now, the one thing that I did like was they got this Athletes Unlimited League that's that's being played right now at the moment that's helping the WNBA out because it's visible that there's more women's sports over in the United States outside of the WNBA season. But until the WNBA has, one, a longer season, two, better visuals of the players in the, in the league, like they did back in the day with uh, Cooper, Thompson, Swoops, Lobo, and all those young ladies. And and the promotion, even though it's getting a lot better, has to be even better. But you see a lot of these young ladies getting sponsorship deals with with uh, shoe deals that they never thought they would be getting. Like, you know, the Sky Diggs, Skylar Diggins is with Puma. There's a lot of young ladies with Puma. Candace Parker is with Adidas. Uh, Natasha Cloud has Converse, which is a subsidiary of Nike. But slowly it's coming together. Twenty five. If you remember where the NBA was after 25 years, the WNBA is far past that. For two reasons. The NBA didn't have any help. And the NBA didn't have enough teams. The WNBA has 12 teams right now. Somehow, someway, they have to get it to 16 and be able to hold it at 16. Also, there's a lot of talent coming up. They need to keep the talent here and not overseas. So slowly but surely, the women's leagues are going to get better. The Women's National Soccer League is getting better. Dennis Rodman's daughter just signed the first million dollar contract. It's coming, people. We are not patient. Women's sports is not showing patience. We're getting there slowly. But come on, y'all. Let's stop getting upset. So when it comes to women's sports, I'm still going to be a, a huge supporter. You got me. But let's take our time. You're not going to make $30 million next year because that's what you want. But you have to go through the things to get to that point. So I'm into here, man. Like, I appreciate everybody paying attention, listening to me on this podcast. I love you guys, man. I'm dropping another one tomorrow. I'm going to holler at you guys later, man. Peace out.